0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Brashid podcast. Today, we'll be focusing on the life giving sacrament of the body and blood of Christ. Now, the Eucharist, which is truly his body and truly Christ's blood, is our san- is our sanctification. It also relieves us of all sin and guilt in order to be in communion with Christ as members of one body. And so today we'll be going through this in more detail.
1: Yeah. So before we um, before we take this Um, into consideration, we need to ask how is this? How is the Eucharist truly the body and blood of Christ? Um, Where do we take this from? Where has where was it first instituted? And um, what is the proof that it is? So I'll I'll um, read a verse from Matthew, chapter 26, verses 26 to 28, which says as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take. Eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Now from this verse, it is very obvious and we can say this without a shadow of doubt that the Eucharist was first instituted here by Christ Mm -hmm. at the Last Supper. And an important thing to take from this is the wording and how Christ said it. So we have to understand and take into heavy consideration the literal, literal words of Christ as he says, this is my blood and this is my body. He does not say this is like my body or this is a symbol of my body or he does not say anything to compare or uses a simile or a metaphor. No, he says literally clearly This is the word is and this establishes the Eucharist as truly his body and his blood and not as symbols.
2: Yeah, for sure. And on that symbolism, we can tell the difference when Jesus, he he uses symbolism or uses um, literal techniques. Like, in other cases, he alludes to a physical object. It's not a direct reference. He'll say, like, I am the water of life. I am the living water. Whoever drinks from me will not thirst.
1: Um, And he's done it before. That's how we know. He's done it before.
2: We know. And we can tell that that's not a physical thing because it it wasn't manifested later through the apostles. Yeah. But the Eucharist was in this case. But also in this case, he directly refers to the bread. He holds it in his hands and he says, this is my body. It couldn't be clearer than that. And while he's holding it, and he also says... My blood is for the new covenant. He's setting up something big, a new covenant that God was going to establish with these people to draw them back to him.
1: You can almost visualize the scenario of Christ holding this up and saying, this is my blood. And how serious that moment is just from reading the way that Christ said it because it was literally saying, this is my body. This is my blood.
2: And it's not like he was trying to teach something. He's saying, this is... It's It's an instruction. It's an instruction. And it's not when he was trying to convey a message to the people like when we see him preaching beforehand he's trying to get a message to the people of israel or
1: a mystery of the kingdom yes Explain it in or earthly terms trying to
2: trying to show the prophet the pharisees and the sadducees that they're wrong it wasn't none of that it was him and his disciples that were going to go and administer to the
1: whole world yeah. and we'll go into the instructing part later yes when he says holds up the bread this is my body yeah holds up the chalice or the cup this is my blood yeah there's no different interpretations for sure there's no uh, symbolism there's yeah. no metaphor yeah it's
0: it is what it yeah, is because it, yeah, he puts it straightforward like yes. for everyone to understand it as it is yeah so yeah. and i
1: cannot stress that enough but for the sake of proving this just for the sake of proving this we'll look we'll take a look at other examples of where the eucharist is mentioned again by christ so in john chapter 6 verses 54 to 57 he says whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and i will raise them on the last day for my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. Have now, life.
2: It's very important.
1: Yep. Now, because mm-hmm. of this verse, the Eucharist cannot t- be taken lightly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It can't be taken as... Look, we're just going to do this as his commemoration. We're going to eat the the bread and the wine so we can rem- remember him or do his commemoration. Yep. Now, by taking this verse and understanding it, Jesus himself says, Whoever eats and drinks from my body and blood will have eternal life. Yes. It's life-giving.
2: Also on this, he's he's saying, I'm sent from the Father. So if you feed on me, you have life. Yes. If you don't feed on him, then you're not accepting him. Yes. The one that came from the Father, Jesus Christ yes. himself. And by rejecting him, by rejecting the Eucharist, you're rejecting him. Yes. Because like I said, this is my body. It's a part of him. Mm. It's what draws us to him, to have
1: communion with him. And also, if people say, okay, so we're saying that only if you eat the body and blood of Christ, you will have eternal life. Yeah. No, they'll think it's more like work salvation. Yeah, work, yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, what no. we're saying is if you have faith that gives you salvation, Yes. Your faith will make you desire exactly. to be in communion with Because you want to get close to God, exactly. Yeah. If you do not want to be in communion with Christ, why would you want salvation? Exactly. That's what we're saying. Yeah. We're saying if you have faith, you will always want to be in communion with Christ. How can you be in communion with Christ? Through his body and, and blood. Exactly. And
2: if you do yeah. have faith, you'll seek the truth and you'll find it. You'll Amen. show that the Bible does say this is the body. Okay. And you won't take into consideration
1: what others have against Amen. it. And also, um, Andrew, not just Christ has spoken about the Eucharist. St. Paul.
2: Yeah, for sure. He says, um, in First Corinthians chapter ten, he goes, "The cup of blessing which we bless is not the communion of the blood of Christ. The bread which we break is not the communion of the body of Christ. For we, though many, are one bread and one body. For we all pay, partake of that one bread." And again, that communion is here. We all come together. We partake of one bread, being the Christ, the the Christ, the body of Christ. Sorry. And after taking, after we take a clear look at Scripture, what Jesus Himself said and Paul said, if they if they were claiming we're misinter, if it's being claimed that we're misinterpreting Jesus, then Paul, yeah,
1: Paul just reaffirms what Jesus said and not misinterpreting Jesus, because Jesus, Jesus is the Son of God. Yes, Jesus is true man and true God. Yeah. Okay. He knows what he's saying, but. People might say he's used symbols before. He's used parables before. Maybe he's using it here now. Yeah. He said it once. We read it to you. We read it. He said it twice. We read it again. And then how about what others think of it, or what others mention it as? And Saint Paul says the exact yeah. same thing.
2: And we only read from two gospels. Yeah. We and we didn't I, mention the other two. We didn't so mention still yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. for the sake of time, we'll just mention those. Yeah.
1: And I don't think um, after after taking a clear look at Scripture from the mouth of Christ was true man and true God yeah. and from the mouth of that of him who was sent by Christ who was commissioned by Christ in Saint Paul we heard from both of their mouths
2: one of the most influential apostles he wrote more than half the New Testament yeah
1: I personally believe that after Christ who was the most influential figure in humanity human history, yeah. I believe Saint Paul is up is there as one of the most after Christ. I would, I would agree with you on that for A- sure. as one of yeah. the most influential human beings yeah. after Christ for sure Christ no will reaches level as, as a really, human of course yeah. no one Christ is the most influential human being in history but in that category under Christ Saint Paul's up there and Saint Paul clearly said exactly what Jesus said himself
2: and what the church has taught for since the beginning of since the, the beginning since this view has not changed yes. or has
1: not come oh um, one of the patriarchs of the church changed yes. their mind and no. said no let's let see it has Jesus.
2: never been an issue that is up for discussion until recently yes.
1: and i think it's it would be foolish to dispute the eucharist
2: so, and so, it's something very simple as well yeah but we see people turning the wrong ways and thinking uh, having the wrong ideas sometimes if
1: we make things too complex then they turn out of order and turn into wrong exactly. things yes, yeah. Yeah. and disputing the eucharist and disregarding the commandment of christ not the eucharist itself christ said do this in memory of me he didn't ask, can you do this in memory of me? Yeah. He didn't say, do this when you feel like it or when you, when you need it. No. He said, do this in memory of me.
2: Just like you said, preach. You do this to all commandments of Christ. It was Christ a commandment. Cool. Yes.
1: And how dare we disobey a commandment from God himself? How dare we? Yeah. Okay. Now, even if it is a symbol, we're still commanded. Exactly, and okay. I'm not saying it is a symbol. We're not saying no, no. We're not 110%, saying One hundred and ten percent, I believe fully, and w- the church teaches, and any apostolic church teaches, this is the body and blood of Christ. But yep. if the if scenario, if it was a symbol, it's still a commandment. He said, do it. Yep. He didn't say anything else. If you feel like, yeah. uh, if it suits your time, yeah. do it. And he, I guess,
0: um, I guess, like not partaking in the Eucharist sort of negates what Christ instructed us to do. You know in a way you're sort of not fully taking in what christ has told us to do and instead you know pick and choose what you think is right for yourself yeah which is you know against against teachings
1: against like. scripture against god against everything possible exactly yeah um, yeah so yeah. this this um this instruction is something that we need to take um seriously yeah. it's not can't be taken lightly it's an instruction from christ and Instruction an instruction being instruction We have to do it um, Us
2: as the church have to do it yeah. And the church itself Has always taught That the bread and wine Becomes the body and blood of Christ But it It, it accepts Or it teaches That the substance of the bread And the wine does not change yeah. You're not eating ins- meat Yeah no And chesley, you're not
1: drinking blood And you're not drinking no. blood No You're the, still Yes the, You're still eating a, a, a substance The bread Yeah And drinking the substance wine Yeah But in essence That is the body Yeah So and the blood physical of
2: matter of the of the bread does not change and the yeah. physical matter of the wine does not change but in essence it becomes the body and blood of christ yeah and then that comes into again the mystery yeah it's something we can't understand
1: yeah. I, I can't explain it exactly just because like just like you can't explain how christ's virgin birth happened yeah. you can't explain this you can't explain everything that is eternal which is which comes from god Yes, not exactly. everything can be there's mysteries that we don't yeah. understand um, and yeah, mysteries and of the kingdom. Exactly. So just building on
0: what Andrew had said, uh, I've got an extract from Marawa's book, uh, Mysteries of the Kingdom, where it says, For even though by their nature they are bread and wine, but we by faith ought to look upon them as the body and blood of Christ, just as we were instructed by Christ. So we can see here in the book, you know, it's, it's telling us that even though, you know, by nature we see them as you know, bread and wine, yeah, the, substance is exa- bread and, yeah. the substance is bread and wine, Um, you know spiritually they are
1: the body and blood of Christ truly yes truly truly they are the body and blood of Christ Um, and again if you don't have that faith to view that that spiritual
2: gift from God that spiritual sight where God where the Holy Spirit gives you that you will not see it as that
1: and this all comes from faith exactly exactly it's not um, we if we if we have to eat or um, it's a work salvation where yeah, If no, we no. don't do this We're not going to go it's to heaven not, No
2: You're going to eat this And yeah. then you go Or if you eat yeah. this You will go It's yeah. from faith You, you want this. will do this Yes
1: Because if you don't Then you don't have the faith Yeah Because faith is full trust in the Lord And if you don't trust in the Lord's instruction You don't have what faith What trust is there? Simple Yeah, yeah? Definitely yeah. Very easy And um, so now that we've clarified That this is, is the body. <laughs> yeah. truly the body and blood of Christ The first verse was enough but we use the second and third verses exactly. um, as clarification. As clarification. Now we're going to have a look at the liturgy or the passing of this instruction yeah. from Christ to the disciples, to the apostles, and to our bishops and priests nowadays and to our churches, all our apostolic so churches. So we'll look at it through churches. Our sisters, yeah. our sister churches, our apostolic churches and our churches. We all have the same view that this is the body and blood of Christ. Yep. Yeah. And this was passed down from the disciples and the apostles and the consecrated priests and yeah. us. I so, think
2: on that, we'll mention something from Acts and it, it shows this passing down of thing. It is it is a tradition, but it's not a tradition where it's like something your grandma does or your mom does. So this is tradition based on what the apostles did. And, and instruction from Christ. Instruction from Christ and from the Bible itself. Yeah. So in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says... Speaking about the, the Christians at the time. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in press. Okay? And it shows later throughout the generation, the disciples, they consecrated men, giving them the authority to
1: c- continue this commandment of Christ, yeah. this crucial commandment. Through the laying of hands. Exactly, through the and laying of hands, which Paul mentions. And this laying of hands only came from the disciples. Yes, only. And once the, once the laying of hands had consecrated those that were after them, they had the authority to do the laying of hands. Yes. No one else randomly came up, hey, I have the authority of the laying of hands, yep. and started mm, consecrating yeah, people.
2: Yeah. And we see people wanting to do that, when they came up to Peter and said, give us your power, we'll pay for it. And yeah, Peter um, rejects them. He uh, says, go away.
1: So I'll pull that up while you uh, talk yeah. about the tradition. But Simon... On,
2: on the laying of hands, it's not the priest's authority or it's not the bishop's authority it's authority from god from the holy spirit given on the day of pentecost which is then later passed on
0: and then again you know from that bible passage we see you know the apostolic teaching through the doctrine we see continual prayer and also the sharing of eucharist which you know as we know has been passed down through generations until today and is an essential factor of all most apostolic churches
1: yeah so that
2: fellowship part as well exactly coming together as one body Yep. That's why even after church we go into the hall, or after we we talk to each other because we are one body. Exactly. We are meant to be yep. together, we united. We're all Friendship. brothers
1: and sisters in Christ yes. through faith. Yep, definitely for sure. Our, the thing that makes us all one is our faith. The thing that gives us our salvation is faith. But through but by having faith, there's products, a desire to be one with Christ. That comes from true faith. Yes. If you do not have a desire, I'm sorry. But there's there's no true faith. There's no face here. Yeah. yeah. And I'm gonna read um, from Acts eight. This um, is
2: on the where the
1: where someone wanted a buy... The sorcerer. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's a long reading, but I'll read from verse eighteen. Um, so this is from Acts chapter eight, verses eighteen. It says, and when Simon, not Simon Peter, a different Simon, a different yeah. Simon, saw that through the laying of hands on the apostles' ha- hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying. Give me this power also, that anyone whom I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity then Simon answered and said pray to the Lord for me that none of the things which you have spoken may come upon me this proves that this apostolic authority stems from the high priest Christ the 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 priest of the highest priest okay his priesthood is the perfect priesthood that it's the perfect priesthood okay from that priesthood the authority was given to the disciples when they were commissioned yeah but the disciples couldn't live forever they don't have um, a life on earth until the day of the second coming of Christ yeah. so they have to pass this authority on only they can pass this authority on why because they have it In- only initially yeah. Yeah. so they pass this to whom they see ie the church sees fit to take on this authority. And
2: that means the requirements. Um, yes. I think it's in 1st Timothy. Paul goes through the requir- requirements of a deacon, of a bishop, of an elder, an elder which is a priest. Yep. And it shows that a man needs this before he, he comes into ministry, yes. into uh, those roles. Yes. Um And regarding the passing down or the laying of hands or the liturgy of the church, we got to establish something first about the word of God itself not anybody who picks up the bible can just say oh yep i, I read understood it. it all i
1: understood it all i got uh, that's it i've understood there it." there will be some no parts more. that me you Sahin, yes. some v- listeners some viewers or some yeah. people will say okay i didn't get this what yeah. does it mean so where do they get the un- teaching from yeah if you in a in a let's take a, a school a teaching environment you have a textbook at home yeah if, if, the, the, if that was the case, that we understood everything, we, we should all school. be getting 100% in yeah, our exactly. exams and we don't yeah. need teachers. Right? Yep. So I have a science textbook at home. However, I read something about atomic molecules. I'm reading and I don't understand what it's saying. Who do I go to, to teach me? The teacher. The teacher. Yeah. the teacher will explain it to me. Same with our faith. Yeah. Okay. We take the book. Sometimes we read and we say, okay, look, I don't understand what this is saying. Who do I go to? I pray to Jesus to help me understand. Who do I have as an earthly guide? The church. The church. On that, it's not
2: again like we established in the first video, it's not just another book. When we do read the when we do read the Bible, as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit guiding us through it, helping us understand. Okay. A lot of people will say, non-Christians will say, I read the Bible, I don't understand it. Okay. But when we see Christians read it, they have the Holy Spirit guiding them through that, helping them understand what the Word of God is saying. But on the explaining the Word of God to someone, it ha- it's
1: happened in the book of Acts, yes. chapter 8. This is all from the book of Acts. Yeah. The authority, someone else that wasn't from the apostles trying to take this laying of hands authority. This was all in the book of Acts. Yeah. Um, And yeah, we'll read so this So I'll from- read that out. It
2: says, this is speaking about um, an Ethiopian eunuch. It was someone going after Christ. And it says, And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So, Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? He said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. Right. And we see later on, Philip, Philip goes on and he explains everything. And this man accepts the gospel of Jesus Christ. He yeah. accepts Christ and, he, and he's baptized at that point. And it, on this,
1: it shows the importance of baptism as being adopted into his yes. or as heirs into the kingdom of heaven. Yep. We are baptized, and like and Jesus
2: said, being born again, yes,
1: reborn through water and spirit. And I also want to point out something uh, from this verse. And I'm not interpreting. No, just I'm try. just just try. explaining or taking this verse and and restating what it's saying. Yep. And sitting to his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said to Philip the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit instructed Philip to go and explain to someone reading. Why didn't a random person from anywhere come and explain it to him why did the spirit choose Philip Philip was part of the church Philip was he Philip, had known Philip was part of the apostolic yeah. communion exactly. yep. he was part of that you know that original instruction of Christ to spread the good news of salvation and the Holy Spirit instructed him to go and explain and the Holy Spirit instructs our apostolic churches and to teach the word of God, to explain the word of God, and this is what they do.
2: Instructs everyone that believes in Christ to do that, and you will see many times that people, when they're trying to get people to Christ, they will say, "I can't, I don't know what I said, where it came, where it came from." And we believe, like the Bible says, the Holy Spirit will give an answer when you ask. Yes. Okay? Not
1: necessarily. I don't know where it came from, but. Or it wasn't. When you conscious, talk, yes. Sometimes, um, when we talk, we say some stuff, and then we look back and say, "Wow." That is perfectly in line with yes. the topic we were saying exactly. Yeah. But I didn't think of that earlier. I just you know, I just said it. and then you look back and you check, and this is in line with the gospel, with the, with the teachings of the church and with everything. Yeah. And it is important to note that those who are commissioned have the authority, the ap- the disciples, the apostles, who pass it down through the laying of hands to the churches that we have today, the apostolic churches and anyone like simon that tries to come and take this authority cannot do so it's not possible yeah um
2: i think if we're looking more to how the eucharist is essential in our lives or how it's how we what it does for us yes or what it's meant to do for us how the how jesus established it and how it has been later established in the church We'll have a look at what Paul later says in 1 Corinthians, in
1: chapter 11. Paul is the apostle of the Gentiles, the prophet of the Gentiles, who has the apostolic authority. Why? Yes, he was, yep. Because he was commissioned by Christ. Yep. He was chosen by Christ. As we read um, that... Throughout all his epistles, he says,
2: I was chosen by Christ. I saw Christ. Yes. And then he was given the authority.
1: And this is the apostolic authority that comes from Christ. um, And hence... Paul does this,
2: and also Paul, because he was separate from the from the original disciples, he went back to Jerusalem to make sure his message and the apostles' message were the same. Yes, because there is only one message. There is only one correct teaching. Because our God is not a god of confusion. And that is exactly the,
1: that is the teaching of the apostles. Yeah, and if you read um, Paul's journey to Damascus from the Book of Acts, it says after Paul's eyes were opened after three days, where he fasted, he didn't eat, and um and he was commissioned, he went. And stayed and spent some time with the disciples.
2: Yep, I think it was more than a couple of months. If I'm not yeah. wrong, yeah.
1: Um, I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up later. Yeah. Um, but he spent time with the disciples. He didn't spend time to say, "Oh, guys, I had this cool thing yeah. that happened to me, and now I'm, I'm I'm a part of you." No, he said, "I'm part of this journey with you." Who did I get instructed by? Christ. Yep. And they knew why? Because they all had the Holy Spirit with them. For sure. So we'll read what, um, from what Paul later of, says yeah. from,
2: about the Eucharist itself. Yeah. And he quotes Jesus, but I'll read it from that. I'll read it from straight. He says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And, we when, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after and saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you pro- you, pro- you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes.
1: Amen. And I just want to say something from the first from the first line. For I received from the Lord that which, is also, which I also delivered to you. Before anything begins, he says, What I'm doing now, What I'm giving you is what I received from the Lord. He didn't say, oh, I'm making this up or "I'm, I'm doing this out of my own will. He said, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you.
2: And that's what the disciples themselves did before we had the Bible, because the church existed before the Bible. The message of the gospel was preached before the Bible was ever written. Even though the Bible was written by people through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, they were moved by the Holy Spirit. But before that, they had started, straight away on the first day of, of Pentecost, as soon as Pentecost happened, Paul, um, Peter preached and 3,000 people converted on that day. So we know the gospel was preached beforehand, and it shows that they gave the message that came from God, and that's where it comes originally. The message is from the disciples that took it from Jesus, and we have to understand
1: that the apostolic authority. Yep. Jesus within his ministry, within his, from when his ministry started until he died, he was teaching. He was teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching. And where were the disciples? Right next to him. Yep. Absorbing this knowledge and absorbing it. Why? Because later they would be commissioned to continue this teaching, spread it, and continue it by teaching those who do know and do not know of Christ. To convert those that do know, do not know Christ, and bring them to Christ, and to continue to refresh those who are within Christ. And that is the mission of the disciples, and they passed that mission down through the laying of hands to the apostles and the apostolic churches and our sister churches.
2: Yes, for sure. And I think the last part of um, the passages I just read, it says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And proclaiming his death is a remembrance of what he did for us, the salvation that he gave us. And we got to thank him for that. Because what he gave for us, what he gave us, we are not worthy of it. We did not deserve it. We deserved the complete opposite of that. We deserved hell. But he gave us heaven. He gave us eternal life. And you can never say thank you enough. If someone gave you a billion dollars, how many times would you say thank you?
1: You can't say thank you enough. Exactly. Not enough. And Wait, no, but that's a billion that's dollars. An limited thing. That's a billion dollars. This so is, you could argue that I would say thank you a billion times. Yeah. But... What Christ did is eternal. So you can't say thank you enough. You can't, what, for an eternity? We're not no. eternal. But our human bodies are not eternal. Yeah. But Christ's salvation, as you said, we can't thank him enough for it. But we can do what we can or yes. what we are able to do. And that is proclaiming the Lord's death in remembrance of what he did for us and the salvation he gave us. Yep. Um, And the beauty of the Raza is um, and we'll speak about this another time because the explanation of the raza. For sure,
2: we'll have like a series that explains yeah. the raza, what everything means, and how it's set out perfectly. Yes, yeah. Yeah.
1: So how the raza is set out is this is one of the, this is not me saying this is a, one of the early church fathers. First, we start with the qudasha et milta. Yeah. So hallowing the word. Yes. How this starts is a dialogue between the priest and the people towards God. Ma Yep. Okay. Raising glory. In, yeah. And in Assyrian, masakhtetishbukta is raising glory. Yep. Um So we start the the people, the the people that are watching and the people that are performing. So the priest that's yes. performing yep. and the deacons that are assisting, they communicate in dialogue. This is like before you go to dinner with someone, you talk to them. Yep. You get to know them. So we're getting to know know God. We are read the the reading, the Qaryana which is the reading. Yep that informs us then we read saint paul's epistle we know more then we read the gospel the word of god so this is like a dialogue between two people getting and knowing each other then we move on to the to the to the conversion of the bread and the wine into the body and blood yep and when we partake, the central part of the once we've become comfortable after dialogue we come and we partake in this eucharist because we, we got to know God, uh, like as a symbol. Yep. And now we are partaking in his body and blood.
2: And something that happens in the Raza is we're worshipping him. Yes. And that's important. We come together and worship him every time. And just like the apostles did, they gave thanks, they worshipped, and they came together on Sunday, which is the Lord's day for us. The day we come together as a church, as one body, to, to pray and worship God and thank him for the salvation he's giving us. Yes. And ultimately draw us closer to him through the Eucharist. And to remove that the guilt of our sins so that the guilt of our sins is absolved because we still fall into sin as Christians. But yeah. cross is there to renew us, to strengthen us,
1: to set our path straight again. To remind us, hey, I've paid for your sins yes. on that cross. You do not need to worry about. Yeah. If you sin, okay, I'm here to forgive you. Why? Because I've already paid for your sins. Yes. Like we said, I've said this in the first episode and the second episode, yeah. God doesn't have a tally. Sin, 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 no. We our are record made
2: is wiped clean By the blood of Jesus Christ By the blood of
1: Christ On the cross Was our salvation And he wiped away any sin Yes And if we have faith in that We are made righteous in front of God
2: And we are granted eternal life Yes To be with God forever And it's a simple message Very That's what's important it, God is clear He's precise And yes. he gives us a simple message Because salvation is for everybody <clears> It's not just for theologians Or priests or It's no. for the simple in faith It's for everybody For the small For the big that's why Christ's message is simple it's easy to understand and it gives
1: eternal life when um, the scribes and Pharisees saw Jesus with sinners they thought bad of him yeah but Jesus was there not to spend time with the people that were good Jesus was there to bring those that were far from him he said I'm calling them calling them to repentance yes and we all needed that that calling and we got that calling. And we got we got the Christ died on the cross. And if we have faith in that, we receive our salvation. Um, and that's why his message is simple. He simplified the mysteries of the kingdom yeah. through parables. Imagine if Christ spoke the mysteries of the kingdom. The disciples asked him, Lord, why do you speak in parables? Um, if you if you pull up that verse, yeah. um, Lord, why do you speak in parables? And he said to them, "If I spoke, in the, if if I spoke, the mysteries of the kingdom, how would you understand? We would understand exactly.
2: He, some of them weren't even understanding with parables. So if you said it in literal terms, how could you understand it? Yeah, it's like saying, explain color to a blind man, or explain the color red to a blind man. It's like, how do I do it?
1: Or explain sound to a deaf person.
2: You just can't. You can't." Because it's something they cannot comprehend. Yes. And our human brain can't comprehend the, the, the kingdom of God, the mysteries of God. Yeah. And that's or how what, the Eucharist itself becomes the blood, body and blood of Christ. Yeah, I can't explain that to you. No, no one uh, can. No one can.
1: No. Only God, Jesus Christ. They they know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Why? Yes. Because they are there in heaven. Yeah. The word was with God. The word is God's wisdom. God's wisdom is eternal. Yes. We can't bring something eternal, which is God's wisdom, into something confined no. with time, space, and matter. It's but he not did, possible. He,
2: he revealed him to himself as a human to help us understand. And through simplicity, a message, yeah.
1: Jesus didn't come speaking um, rocket science to us. No. He simplified everything. Every uh, parable, the parable of the good Samaritan. He said, "How can I love my neighbor?" He goes, "Okay, I'll tell you how you can love your neighbor," and he explained it everything was made simple we shouldn't overcomplicate things no there are some things that theologians will debate but in reality they aren't big elephants that we must big elephants in the room that we the have to the main take
2: doctrines up. of christianity yes. are not debatable no they have not been debated no only and some minor things some people have disagreed and stuff but
1: but these are minor things that can yeah, be interpreted differently yeah. and the main
2: doctrines the major, major doctrines of the church are set in stone and are very clear by jesus christ I mean. It was only—it's only like we said, prophecy and certain poetic things that are up for interpretation.
1: Yeah, and this interpretation isn't like we said something new. It's been carried on by those who are consecrated. Yes, the priesthood, which is derived from Christ, and we'll speak about priesthood um, in another episode, yep. hopefully soon. Um, and I think we should end there because yep. we've we've done we. We've done everything we could to speak about the Eucharist, and I think we did more than enough because I think this is enough to help you understand why it's
2: there, how this understanding came exactly, to be yeah. through Jesus Christ, and how it's important in our lives. If I
1: read the first verse, that's enough for me. It is as but someone we have, with simple faith, but we have
2: people that are turning other people astray
1: and new ideas, and but. But even then, if you if that first verse isn't enough, there's a second verse. Yes. If that second verse isn't enough, there's a third verse. Exactly. Like if that third says, verse isn't enough, yeah, I'll happily give you the Bible and put a marker on every single t- place where and it's the Bible
2: and it says. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall everything be established. Yes. We
1: have two or three. And there's and that witness has come from the apostolic authority yes. and the priesthood, which is which comes from Christ.
2: From the Holy Spirit that moved the disciples to write the Gospels, to write the epistles like Paul did.
1: That same Holy Spirit is with us in our churches. Yes. With our apostolic churches. And it guides us, the members and the clergy and the the fathers of the church. Yep. Um, And I think we should end it there. Um, So thank you everyone who was listening and um, watching. Uh, We hope you can spread this, this message, spread um, the the message not that we're giving the message it's that not message. It's, it's not our message it's not our it's Jesus' exactly. message we yep. all we're doing is we're workers for him yes we're just bringing his message and sharing it with everyone and we hope that everyone plays a part everyone can play a part yes not everyone has to be sitting on this table to be playing a part simply by passing this on to someone that does not know you've done your part if you yep. can change one person that's enough and we along with our sister churches if we can do this, if you can bring those that do not know, and some of the faithful of our church that do not know, yes, um, then we've done our part in spreading the gospel. Yep. So thank you guys for listening and watching, and we'll see you next episode. Thank you, guys. Thank you.